welcome everyone to AKA Teacher. This is Daniel, and I'm here with Joanna, Shelton, and Angie. Uh, what's been on your mind lately? Well, today's topic is teachers and media representation. Mm. So I got to tell you, um, you know, I was attracted to this AKA Teacher Project for this very reason and mm. for the opportunity you know, to be able to represent ourselves mm. um, and give voice to the experience of people working in schools and school districts. When you hear about teachers and media representation, any thoughts that just come to mind about what types of media, like what is media to you? And where where do you hear uh, teachers, educators, schools being talked about? I immediately go to movies. I focus a lot on, I think, media and teachers. And I think about the savior that we see in so many movies. And there's just a ton of really, for lack of a better word, bad examples. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna, probably of why you're excited to, you know, like, let's hear some real voices, tell some real stories, because what's portrayed is so glamorized. It's so inaccurate. It paints teachers as the savior, the sage on the stage you know, students as disruptive and disrespectful and that a teacher has to bend over backwards and sacrifice their entire personal life <laughs> to, to rescue kids. And, and there's just, there's just too much of that in movies. All right. So movies came to mind for Daniel. What about the mm -hmm. rest of you? What types of media come to mind? Well, movies come, movies and TV. We can envisit our best example, I think right now, which would be Abbott Elementary, but I also feel like you had a lot of media portrayal of teachers as like the ultimate loser, mm. like, like somebody who couldn't do anything else and failed. So they just chose to be a teacher, wound <laughs> up uh, like a loser. And, um, you know, then they're portrayed as the poorest people ever. You can't <laughs> afford to go on a vacation or the people who are you know, just missed, missed all the best opportunities in their lives and they've settled. And I'm always like, I like my job. What are you talking about? So, yeah, I've, I'm always dissatisfied with maybe that image of like a teacher is dissatisfied and has missed out or something on the, on what life had to offer them. When I think of the media, I think it portrays too, like, and how angry teachers are, like listening to the news. Sometimes you always hear teachers complaining about, uh, you know, we don't get this or we're not getting treated fairly or we don't get the pay isn't equal. So I just think the the media portrays a lot of negatives about teaching, and but they don't do a lot, a lot of the positives because like it doesn't feel like work for some of us and uh, and the lives you get to touch and uh, you get to see the the thing that you're touching and feel it and talk to it. And it talks back to you to let you know what you need to do different or or the behavior shows you like, you know, we're doing a good job or, you know, things like that. So you just get to see your product and see it every day. So, yeah, I would say yep. that for me. We want to invite any pre-service teachers, early career teachers, or even just some of our best veterans to please write in. You can email, you can record um, a voice memo or type it up and you can send it to education at pbswisconsin.org. Make sure you put AKA teacher in the subject line. We'd love to hear your stories and we'd love to make your questions a part of our conversation. Back to the show. Well, you guys touched on 
you know, movies, television, but the ones that what I think about with media is I do tend to more think about articles and news. Mm. Um, and I don't know if it's portrayal, but something that I definitely have noticed for many years is what I think is the the absence of teachers as like the direct person being asked you know like there's lots of articles and news features about teaching but then the people they're interviewing are like professors you know what i mean it's professors or district admin and in an imbalanced way not yes. saying that yeah. you can't talk to those people but it's it's actually very rare that you're going to hear directly from teachers talking kind of objectively or intellectually about issues that impact our work and the kids and the profession. So I'm not talking so much about a portrayal, yeah. just something that yeah. I've noticed is, yeah. again, the absence of teachers as like the first force or the direct source. And then Shelton, you mentioned though, that when we are featured, it again is in like the angry, you know, like, yeah, there's plenty of things we say, but maybe the clip is like, you know, what we're mad about. Yeah. Or it's the or the the clip is either the like really upset teacher who has finally been stymied enough that they're not afraid to put their job on the line to say they're upset. Yeah. Or it's like the superhero teacher that you're like, oh, you you know, gave the clothes off of your back to the students. You sleep in your car. You give all yeah. your money to your kid, to your students. Like that, you're just like, like that's not the mean here. The mean isn't the superhero teacher. The yeah. the mean is the teacher that is going to work every single day, doing everything they can for their kids, but still going home to care for themselves and their loved ones yeah. that's the mean the media would like us to believe that they're either superheroes or losers that's and there's a lot of us that are just every day doing our best job and doing our mm -hmm. best work listening to you joanna like the point of view we get as a person of color too the point of view that i see people of color portray like there's not enough teachers that are of color and and even the flip side of it you, we can't, we just need people of color to relate to kids of color. Like that, I, I get tired of that narrative too, because that <clears throat> I have white kids. I relate to Hispanic kids, Asian kids. You don't, I, no, don't get me wrong. It, it definitely helps to be the same color or just from the same background, but you don't have to be all the time. Cause there are plenty of stories out here where a person of the opposite race or not like that kid has touched a person. So the narrative of, there's not enough teachers of color. There are a lot of teachers of color. What it is, is some of the districts is not culturally comfortable for teachers of, color, of color to come yeah. or to be sustained. So they don't come there. That's why they don't come. It's not, it's not a lack of teachers of color at all. So just wanted to add that point of view. And also going to what you're saying, I think that we see a higher rate of burnout of our colleagues of color because they're being asked to do their standard job. But then also, hey, will you talk to this troubled student because he happens to be black and so are you? Yes. Like they're asked to do so much more on their shoulders mm -hmm. that that burnout rate is higher. Totally. Well, so is there anything um, that you do feel? So, Angie, you mentioned Abbott Elementary, and I'm assuming that maybe you were talking about that positively. So oh, yes. in general... 
Yeah, I was going to say, is there anything that you feel is positive or something out here or examples of things that represent teachers well and, and schools well? Are there examples of, of things that are doing a great job out there in movies, TV, podcasts? Well, I would encourage anybody who does enjoy education to watch that show um, only for the fact that it really does highlight a lot of the challenges of being a teacher and it really demonstrates what the strength of a collegial team of teachers brings to a school um, from like kind of your every aspect, you know, your seasoned teachers who've kind of been there and done that, your colleagues who maybe are fresh and new and uh, kind of don't know what's going on, but too much energy sometimes, ready to fix all, all the whole world in one day. And there's just, for me, that show, I regularly watch it and I feel like um, I'm heard or I, mm. like feelings I felt are finally being portrayed in a way that makes me feel like, yep, this job is really hard. And it's cool that a TV show shows that a person can be challenged, happy, sad, satisfied, unsatisfied all at the same time in their profession. And that's what I experience when I watch that show. I love that show a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's so many real moments in that show. And I I don't know if I'm how often I actually laugh out loud at the show, but I think in my head I I say, Oh, that's funny. Like I just yeah. intellectually like I, yeah. I understand yeah. that it's funny, but it's also hard to watch because it's like humor based on like very deep, real struggles that are that are structural, that are systemic. But yeah, it, that's it's a great show. I think what really comes through, like they're they must be collaborating with educators. Uh, but at the very least, the the writers of the show, the 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 people who are behind the scenes of that show, know teaching, and you can tell they really care about teachers. There's just something different that comes through than than any other any other movie or television show that I've seen where where teachers are portrayed. Yeah, it's a different representation. Because, again, it's the real human side first. And so, yeah, I see it as something that is just telling a human story. And then more of those details, like you said, feel accurate. I don't know if this is necessarily an example in a movie. Um, and I also haven't seen this movie for years. But in my mind, it's a positive portrayal of teaching. I remember it um, as not one of these, you know, like complete savior um, examples. Um, and it also starts, I think, Angie, you said, you know, that what's problematic is teachers portrayed as like, well, they couldn't do anything else. Um, so anyway, the movie is Mr. Holland's Opus. Richard Dreyfus. I think this is from the 90s. He's a music teacher, but like failed composer. So it starts on this premise that he really wanted to be a composer, but now he's teaching high school, uh, high schoolers music. Um, but what what's what I remember being very real about it was his relationships with the students, the relationships with his colleagues. Um, he, he comes to really be, become real close with a teacher and they become close friends. And the systemic part is that his, his music classes are at the risk of getting cut. You know, they're cutting funding, they're cutting arts programs, they're cutting music programs. And so there's the struggles that he's in are presented within this systemic issue and he, I think at one point he like makes this speech to maybe the board of education. I, uh, I've, again, I haven't seen this movie for okay. years. It might not have aged well, uh, but he's advocating, he's advocating for arts programs. He's advocating for funding. And I think ultimately the program gets cut 
you know, a very, another very real outcome. You know, it's not like he says, save the program. And they say, okay, fine. Here's the money to do it because that wouldn't be authentic either. And there's there, I remember a lot of very real moments um, and really portraying the, the personal struggles of a teacher and the systemic struggles as well. But you know what I remember about that movie is though the, the not great part is it, his, over dedication in a way to a school yeah. harms his relationship with his own child. Yeah. Or yeah, his that's kid in there feels. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's in there too. Where and I think that's real. You know, yeah. even in the smallest yeah. sense. Like my my yeah. own children, like in general, do not. But it sometimes they'll be like, you know, well, they're like, oh my kids in school, like my kids sometimes have taken offense to that. You know, they'd be like, they're not your kids, mom. <laughs> I don't I, see that. Yeah. No, like, I can see that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Something natural that being a child of a teacher, I think, is unique. And so, mm-hmm. hey, I wonder if that gets portrayed anywhere, you know, or like my son did go to the high school that I teach at. And there's all kinds of things with that, you know, about people's perception or his yes. treatments or you know, so yeah, there could probably be a whole series out there of children of educators. Totally. So two more things that I want to add. And uh, one is just, we kind of just talked there a little bit about what are aspects that we wish were more illuminated. Daniel, you brought up that that there are real issues. And that that's originally why you brought up the Mr. Holland's opus, where you're like, it presents like real issues. So just hearing that, do you wish there were issues that were more illuminated in the media and maybe even think about the current political context where like, right. I I think what is being really illuminated right now is like the restrictions on speech and book banning. What do you wish was really illuminated? I would say from my point of view, I started out like a behavior person. So just like uh, running after kids all day and things like that. But I think a lot of people look at that and think those people, like you get tired, you get wore out. But what people don't realize, I think a lot of people do those jobs because they were once that child in the school and they understand like they can relate to that child and they see the services that are being given or talked about being given are not conducive to what the child really needs. So what that job does for that person who, who felt once not a sense of belonging to the school, but now I'm employed by that school and I'm giving back to that school and what that does for that person. And then how it elevates some people, like I can speak, I know a lot of people who've taken those behavior jobs and they've used that used that to elevate, to start their own businesses, careers or consulting things or coaching avenues. So I think we don't hear enough about those those small pockets of people who take those small jobs that are not considered as traditional teachers and how they're affected, how they affect the students and how it enhances yeah. their life from a different level too. Cause it's not always a grand scheme. It's some people are happy to get that 40 hours a week getting paid $34,000 with benefits that they never had before. And now they got some yes. consistency in their life. So, I mean, I can keep going on and on. So I think that those little pockets and pieces, I don't think those people get celebrated enough in my opinion. You're so, so right. People, our paraprofessional, like our paraprofessionals yes. who are making like our building run. Yes. You're so, you're so, so right about that because that is definitely a, 
an unsung hero. I I always feel really self-conscious when we've got teacher appreciation days, weeks. And I wonder, like, how are we making sure that some of the other staff members at our school who are vital are being celebrated, totally. not only in media, but just like in real life? Even, totally. you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole, uh, my whole addition to Shelton's thought was that it's a good to response to what you felt ENG was an issue where it is like the the portrayal that like you just wound up there where Shelton's mm-hmm. talking more about like if you highlighted why we're really there whatever yes. your role is yeah. like yeah like we did choose it we didn't wind up and like you you're talking about like great pride or feeling a a great sense of purpose yes. or a real obligation to give back so well, we could be illuminating that the whole like, why are we really there? What yes. brought yeah. us there, and what keeps us there? Yes, that's hard. I wonder if this portrayal of all of the many different roles that support students could be portrayed through more of a focus on the student perspective rather than the know. teacher, like the teacher being the main character, but you know, like following a student throughout their day because I think there's this idea that you know again with these movies that like schools have to save society there's so much on the backs of schools and schools are made up of teachers only yes and there's not all of these other positions that support a student but if you're the movie is about a teacher it's hard to get all of those other characters in there but if the movie was about you know a student you see them going throughout their day and all of these people in addition to their teachers that they're interacting with and the different ways that they may or may not get support or the different ways that they might have to code switch with the different people. Yes. Yes. You know, you can have like some of that coming through. Yes. Um, you might get both get at what it's the ver- the realities of, of the student life um, and also the reality that it's not just teachers and administrators in the school. Yes. Totally. Hey, all the big time producers that are listening, are you hearing this? <laughs> we got ideas. Yes. Another storyline I would, or something I would just like more people to be aware of portrayal um, would just be the fact that a teacher spends a lot of their day receiving good news, handling bad news, processing positive information, positive feedback from a student, negative feedback from a student. You could have one student come in and tell you they've been accepted to college. Happiest moment ever. You're high-fiving, you're smiling, only to have within maybe 10 minutes a kid tell you they got denied from their dream college, they've got no backup plans, and maybe going as so far as to tell you that their parents are upset with them or they're thinking about harming themselves. And that can all happen within the course of an hour or two. I think many educators have found themselves in a situation where they've been celebrating and so pumped and so happy for a breakthrough with a kid only to then have a kid who's having a bad day tell them like I'm not I'm not doing this stuff today. I'm not worried. I'm not doing this stuff. And you have to breathe and think about what is the way that you're going to try to navigate that situation for that particular kid and then oh yeah, you got 140 more waiting for you. Um so sometimes I think just that that day-to-day compartmentalization I wish people knew. Uh, how hard wonder, that was. I wonder if you could get at that day to day with a movie that tried to capture, you know, they say teachers make a thousand decisions every day, 
right? I wonder, does, does that come from because somebody actually did some research and mapped it out? Like, is that an <laughs> overestimate or is it an <laughs> underestimate? I like, want one actually of those 10, and <laughs> I know. Right. And so like, like, could there be a movie where you feel it, you feel so tense, like the way you, you see movies about rock climbing or the, I don't know, at least I'm like, I'm realizing I'm holding my breath for like five minutes straight and I'm, I'm so tense. And then finally you get a moment to exhale. And what if a movie could hold somebody for that long, that mm. intensely following a teacher throughout their day. And finally, when that teacher is able to use the bathroom or finally like step outside or something and you exhale and you realize, Oh wow, I've been tense and holding my breath for 20 minutes. And maybe that, if you focus on, we're going to literally show a thousand decisions in this movie or in this sequence uh, you could communicate the day-to-day -day of what you're getting at, Angie. This moment, we're going to transition to our Pastor Mike segment. And the question today is from Molly from Baraboo. Her question is, what do you find to be the greatest challenge facing teachers today? I repeat, what do you find to be the greatest challenge facing teachers today? Well, I noticed she said the great, she only wants us to pick one. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but, uh, but what comes to mind for me right away is our own health and well-being. I think that is the biggest challenge I've had and that I've seen in my colleagues because it's not something that's built in. It's not something we've been conditioned, you know, to do. Yeah. Right. Our profession has been about sacrifice and more yes. and guilt. And uh, so I do think that's the greatest challenge facing teachers is I think it's totally doable. Yes. You know, so I'm optimistic. I mean, we got Daniel meditating for a month and there's a <laughs> lot of there's actually got a lot of good evidence to support that, you know, um, but. I think that's the greatest challenge is shifting the culture of give to everybody else or, you know, drain your battery down for everybody else instead of, you know, charge yourself up first. So I do, I see that as, as the greatest challenge. I think mine is connected to that. I think there's just simply too much on teachers' plates and yeah. really just everyone working in a school, there's just too much on their plates. And I think more is getting added on, but I think in a, a lot of cases it's with good intentions. It's, well, let me help me being probably an administrator or a coach, or maybe even someone who's not in the school is a district leader, but there's nothing being taken away. And they're saying, maybe this will help. But if you don't take anything away, it's an add on. I don't care how you introduce it or what it is. And so what, what is actually being done to take things off of teachers' plates? I think that's an issue. And I think as we often do in this podcast, we unpack like what is the system or culture around this issue? And I think at the highest level, the big policy decisions, big funding decisions, I mean, this connects to a previous episode of who is making these decisions and a majority of people making big funding and policy decisions do not have classroom experience. And so there are things getting added to teachers' plates from the highest level and sometimes at the school level. And it's with good intentions, but it's just adding on. And, and who is asking, like, what can we actually take off 
that is going to be for the benefit of teachers and students, for their well-being, for academic progress, social-emotional progress. Um, I just think that we need to be asking that question of what can we take off of teachers' plates. I think a lot of the teachers' greatest challenge, along with everything you all just said, is they don't have the genuine opportunity to bring their personal creativity to a classroom because of the curriculum that's mandated. And what I mean by that is we got a thousand different kids who live a thousand different uh, lifestyle and experiences. We have a thousand different teachers who've lived a uh, many lifestyle and experiences, but we give them, we get them in this teacher position and we don't allow them. Now the curriculum is good for a foundational person. If you uh, reason, if you need to reach back and grab a tool to teach, but a challenge is to the teacher that they don't have the personal, the space to be creative, to use their natural gift and to utilize their personal experience to connect with kids and to, to take them where they need to go. I also want to just give the, the example that I know is challenging a lot of teachers right now and it's cell phones too. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just going to say that one because I know a whole lot of teachers are just trying to figure out what's the best way to navigate with cell phones when you've got classes where a kid will just straight up refuse to get off their phone. And there are some teachers who feel the confidence or the comfort to be like, nope, we're collecting them or nope, you can put it in your backpack or you can leave the room. And then you've got teachers who are trying to meet kids halfway with so much good intent teachers who are trying to make them into the tool in the classroom. But I know it's really hard for a lot of teachers to compete with cell phones. And a lot of my colleagues, when we vent and we talk about cell phone use, their biggest struggle is the lack of parental support mm. around cell phone use. Yeah. And um, having a conversation with a parent where a parent will say like, oh, I'm so frustrated that they're on their phone period. That's where the sentence ended. And no, no conversation around like, well, what if you didn't let John bring his phone to school? What if he couldn't take his school phone to school for three days? And let's see what kind of, uh, what kind of behavior changes we see. Um, I do know a lot of my colleagues talk about how much struggle there is with cell phone use and, I don't have the answer for it besides my own personal strategy, which is to collect them at the door. But I know that there's a lot of problems with, and then all the things you can do on them too. Yeah. But, well, I was going to say, absolutely. I'm not going to discount or discredit any of that. But when you take away the phone, then they have the watch. Yeah. When, right. You know what I mean? Oh! That's the whole, cause that's what got that's past just me. That's Yes, because <laughs> I I have them put the phones up too, and then it's like yep. they keep. I'm like, boy, you're really interested in time. Oh, you got one of them. Watch. <laughs> yep. Um. So then it's a watch. Then yep. it's the also in the one to one computer. So I'm at I'm where you're at, Angie. Where I got a policy with the cell phones, but there's it's just technology in general too. Like yeah. you said, it can be on the wrist, and then it's on the thing that I'm actually saying, go create something yeah. with this computer. <laughs> Um, and so <laughs> that is a challenge of like, how do we really integrate and use technology? I don't know, but I, I feel you. Well, 
I want to say thank you to everybody who listened with us today. I think uh, I'm really satisfied with some of the pictures we were able to paint and the story we were able to tell today for our listeners. And we invite you to visit the AKA Teacher Podcast website where you can find helpful resources and all of our podcast episodes. See you next time. Mm-hmm.